3: it's ugly it's ugly out um the pictures last night of the fog chris katz uh our friend from channel nine was tweeting out like you would see a picture of just fog and then a description of what is supposed to be there and there is no sign of that thing
1: (laughs) at all like like kauffman center
3: (laughs) right or the bond bridge or anything like that that should be in the picture that's just not yeah so Let's see. Use your headlights. Don't use your high beams. Mm-hmm. And this is just how it's going to be for a bit. I went out for a walk in the rain this morning. Did you? How'd that work out? Um, cause I'm trying to get back to like, you know, walking and stuff and all that. And I was just very committed to it. And despite the layers that I needed, and then I was worried about the water getting into my headphones cause I use them for this and all of that. I mean, I went about 20 minutes and said, this is stupid, (laughs) I'm I'm done,
1: (laughs) I gave it a shot. Sit in front of the fire, warm up a little bit. Yeah, it's well, the good news is about the fog that most of the snow because of the rain and and because of the temperatures warming up is gone. There's still a little bit kind of around the edges, but most of it's gone. And that's where the fog's been coming from. It's the snow sort of melting and evaporating at the same time. So we shouldn't see, I I don't guess, probably too much more thick fog after today. At least keep fingers crossed.
3: Yeah, uh, we have some Chiefs tidbits and stuff to get to that we'll do uh, coming up here. There are a couple interesting things that are going on tomorrow that we will uh, certainly talk about. Um, I wanted to do a bit of an update though because we were talking about this yesterday about what was going on at the Casentino's market yesterday. Uh, we knew some of, the, we knew most of this yesterday, but just to kind of wrap up where we ended with that.
1: Yeah, and it was a situation that started with a shoplifting incident. So what you had was, and what we knew yesterday was that there was a guy who had barricaded himself inside and was refusing to leave. He was armed with what they called a sharp object. We now know that was a screwdriver. And we didn't know why. We didn't know what led up to this or or how it all unfolded. Now we do. And the police in Kansas City, KCPD, are kind of patting themselves on the back for this because... You had a man who was threatening a police officer. He was confronted while allegedly shoplifting, and pulled pulled the screwdriver, started threatening the police officer with it, and that's when things sort of escalated. And what KCPD are now saying is that they de-escalated this after a time, short period of time, by using less than lethal ammunition. So what they were doing is they were using beanbag rounds, firing them at this guy to get him out of Costantino's. Also, by the way, thanks to Channel 9 for reminding us because we couldn't remember what the cross street was with 13th Street yeah. yesterday. It's Maine. <laughs> I said it at one point yesterday. I eventually okay. looked it up. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You figured um. it out. It was like, oh, yeah. Main street. But uh, yeah, so they, they used the uh, the beanbag rounds to get him out of the store and then subdued him. And he's now, instead of being in jail, they took him to the hospital, presumably for all kinds of, of observation, physical and conceivably mental as well.
3: So luckily that ended peacefully and and no big deal, although it was quite the scene. If you look on Kansas City right up from yesterday, it was quite the chatter because it just that's just such a visible part of town. There's just so much traffic that goes through there and there was so much police activity uh, with the roads that were closed around there. So I know uh, a lot of people were going on. How did the St. Louis Drury Hotel thing end yesterday? Did we ever find out how that wrapped up? You know, I was
1: just looking that up because that went on for for an extended period of time yesterday. Unlike what happened here where it ended fairly quickly. Uh, According to, this is again, KSDK Channel 5 in St. Louis. They said the police uh, did eventually subdue the man inside the hotel. He was taken out on a stretcher. Uh, We knew that the two kids had been released yesterday, but there was a woman that was still inside, barricaded inside this hotel room with him. Uh, According to KSDK, a woman remained held against her will into the afternoon. Uh, Police said the children and the man knew each other but did not specify what the relationship was. And I'm trying to see if I can find a quick condition report on the woman. Don't see anything right away. We'll keep looking through this yeah. and and see if we can get more information on it. But I kind of put eventually... you on
3: the spot. It just occurred to me that I didn't have that update in front of me. Sorry about I was,
1: that. I was looking. No, no, no. I was looking it up because the same thing occurred to me. I was like, wait, wasn't there another thing in St. Louis yesterday, and we never did get a uh, a resolution on all of that. But yes, indeed, he was taken away on a stretcher, and again is probably also still in the hospital at this point.
3: So the thing that we are watching for today um, out of Alabama, we talked about this when this ruling came down. And I guess I was just kind of felt a little slapped in the face yesterday when I found out that this was going to happen already. Um, But the window started at midnight this morning and goes through noon tomorrow. There is a 36 hour window there where Alabama at some point is going to carry out the country's first inmate execution by nitrogen gas. Federal appeals court ruled yesterday it can go forward or rejected the preliminary injunction request, I guess, for Kenneth Eugene Smith, and I'm just watching Twitter to see at what point this happens.
1: Yeah, it's very strange because usually I mean, when we hear about a court fight like this, and the court fight is not over, by the way, because they said that that Uh, that window is pending an outcome of action by the court. So it's that part of it is not over yet. But, uh, yeah, it it seems strange that that was going on. And then all of a sudden, here we are just a week or so later, and we're talking about being in the window uh, for that execution to take place. So it'll be fascinating to watch what happens over the course of the next, well, 20, yeah, 20 hours or so. Because it's 6 a.m. tomorrow that that window... Closes. Noon tomorrow. Is it noon tomorrow? Okay. Thirty six hours would be. Yeah. I thought they said thirty. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I must have read it wrong. But um, let me go back and look. Maybe I'm. Yeah. Wrong. By the and while you're doing that, uh, we do have the update. So what happened with the woman? She was released. She's fine. Uh, this is the the St. Louis standoff from yesterday. It ended about three forty p.m. And then he's uh, he released her at three forty p.m. And then he surrendered just before four thirty. He reportedly had no injuries, but they put him on a stretcher presumably just to immobilize him and then he was transported to a local hospital for evaluation.
3: You're right. I thought it was I thought it said thirty I had thirty-six hours in my head. It's six AM I read thirty-six hours as six AM tomorrow. Got it. Okay. Usually they do this stuff at six PM. Usually when they pick a time, and in fact it said that, the tentative start time will be six PM on the twenty fifth, which is today. Um and I just got that off the Department of Corrections website. So We'll see if they do this. Um, I feel like we need to remind people why this is debatable. And and keep in mind, too, the appeals court ruling was three to two. So this was not a unanimous decision.
1: Right. and And so the reason why there's a debate over this at all is because it's never been done. It's been done with animals, but we've never used nitrogen. And it's it's not really nitrogen poisoning what you're doing is depriving the person of oxygen. So inst- right. regular air is about five parts nitrogen to one part oxygen, roughly. And then a few other, you know, gases thrown in that that are very small pieces of what we breathe in and out every day. So instead of five parts nitrogen, and one part oxygen, you just give them all nitrogen, which presumably would simply make you fall asleep and right. then die for, for lack of oxygen to the brain. You die of hypoxia so uh, it, it it seems to be on the surface of it a very humane way to kill somebody because nothing much changes to their knowledge other than the fact that they just fall unconscious so you wouldn't smell anything nothing would be different except for the fact that all of a sudden your body would just shut itself off
3: um so and and you start just reading about all the things that could go wrong and one of the things they're concerned about is it's just the basic idea of making sure the mask is secure yes because there are people in the room that have to be the executioner to have that job and so they're just concerned about making sure that it's tight around the guy's face
1: yeah so, and and what you right it's not like the gas chamber i mean if you think about right. the way california used to execute people they may still for all i know with the gas chamber where he's the only one in there and you fill it with poison gas In this case, it's just a mask over his face that's giving him nothing but nitrogen, and then the the rest is history. But, you know, the other piece of this that they're going to have to be very careful with is there are circumstances in which you can go without oxygen for a period of time and then come back. So, (laughs) I mean, and it's going to take a while, too. That's the other thing about it is unlike... Uh, unlike the gas chamber, unlike lethal injection, unlike firing squad or any of the other things,
3: the electric chair that we've used, this could conceivably take a half an hour. And that's the, the longer it somebody correct me if I'm wrong. The lo- I mean, logic tells me the longer that it takes, the more something can go wrong. Yes. I mean, the th- thing about lethal injection is that it's quick. The thing about some of the more humane methods that we have, and I hate that word, even as it applies to this, but they happen right away and so less can go wrong
1: yeah because what starts to happen is you start once you're deprived of oxygen your brain starts dying at about the four minute mark that's when you start losing brain cells so how long it takes after that is dependent on a lot of things and we've got a story a little bit later on today about a woman who was pulled out of very cold water and because she was in very cold water they thought she was dead but they were able to revive her. So you know, the, the temperature of the water had a lot to do with that. We'll go into the details a little bit later on. But everybody's physiology is a little bit different. So at what point are they prepared to say, okay, this person is now completely deceased. No brain activity, no nothing. Now we can take that mask back off because what you could conceivably have happen is if that person starts to revive and starts to come back begins breathing again now you've damaged his brain significantly and severely but he's still alive so i mean again care has got to be taken with this and that's why it could take a significant amount of time before everybody's satisfied that there's no way this person is going to come back
3: so again in theory Could happen anytime between now and 6 a.m. tomorrow unless a court intervenes which happens all the time it it happens all the time that an hour before they're set to do the execution something changes but it would likely happen around six o'clock tonight and so we'll keep an eye on that today all right we have some chiefs news to get to uh there is an event early tomorrow morning that we'll talk about we have the latest on the chiefs injuries there's an update on jason kelsey that we can talk about as well we'll get to all that coming up here on KMBZ. Welcome in here on this Thursday morning here on KMBZ. A couple of programming notes that we'll get to tomorrow as we head into Sunday's 2 p.m. game uh, in Baltimore. We're getting a better sense of who is going to be playing for us and who will not be.
1: Yes, the injury report came out yesterday. Andy Reid had his press conference, and we knew about a few of these things. Some of the men who were limited in practice for the Chiefs including but not limited to safety Mike Edwards, who is out with a concussion, wide receiver Sky Moore, who's got a knee injury, Isaiah Pacheco. And that was one of the big ones. That was what everybody was kind of waiting to hear about yesterday. And guards Trey Smith and uh, Joe Thune, or Joe Thune, rather, who uh, had a pec strain. And the deal with Isaiah Pacheco, and as far as condition reports on the rest of them, all we know is that they didn't practice on Wednesday. So, right. that's what, what we their talked about yesterday. Is, Right. And what their status is for the game, we're still waiting to hear. The good news is that Isaiah Pacheco, the running back, is going to play. He's got a toe injury. It limited him in practice. In fact, I don't think he did practice yesterday, but Andy Reid said he will indeed be ready to go on Sunday. And that's huge for the Chiefs. They're going to need him.
3: Okay. Is there so there's nobody else we're worried about? Do we expect any of the others to? Today is Thursday. Um, do we, I mean we still have a few days until the game? Is it possible that any of those others will yeah. improve by then? And you never know.
1: It, yes. Uh, is the quick answer to that? If there, there will doubtless be some game time decisions. And I mean that that's frequent throughout the season anyway that they'll Ooh, have right. somebody who may have been limited in practice, but they'll go through the workout before the game and find out if they're able to go. You see that a lot with knee injuries, ankle injuries, toe injuries, that sort of thing. So again, Isaiah Pacheco's already been cleared, but um, that you know in terms of the other guys, yes, we could see somebody come back from that. Uh, a lot of these guys are going to be listed as questionable in the meantime.
3: Uh, We'll have an update later we got a list of watch parties that are starting to build as you would imagine one of the things I saw this morning is that power and light is going to do one for free without any kind of cover into that live block that they've got there which will be we're going to warm up after the next couple of days right we're going to be in the 50s starting early next week so it might not be as freezing cold as it was last weekend. (laughs) close to 60 i saw a 58 i know right I open the windows turn the heat off and wear <laughs> yeah, shorts
1: you were, you were talking about going out for that morning walk it's going to be really nice weather to be able to do that
3: um okay so a couple quick things about tomorrow <clears throat> excuse me uh the today show i would imagine all the morning shows are probably going to do something like this but to, uh, the today show is going to be live tomorrow morning in all four playoff cities it'll just be super cool to see and so what i saw was that the chiefs kingdom pep rally is at union station starting at 6:30 a.m.
1: because we love showing off at union station and why wouldn't we right i yeah. mean if you're yeah. going to if you're going to have anything aside from arrowhead itself if you're going to have any part of kansas city proper on tv on the today show you want it up front of union station it looks so cool
3: and with liberty memorial right there although yes. with the fog that we've got you may not be able to see a thing <laughs> hopefully that can burn off a little bit before tomorrow morning so that'll yes. be super cool um that's not far from me i'm not gonna go i don't want to be in that crowd but i'll take a little drive and just kind of see maybe what's uh what's going on now it would just be fun just to see who from the today show comes here and what kind of a live shot they've got all that kind of stuff will be uh will be neat to see and then tomorrow is the day that Brittany Mahomes is on the Kelly Clarkson show. It's um, it it's just interesting because she has done interviews for quarterback, She did you know pre-recorded, not with a live host back and forth, not live, but not with a host back and forth kind of thing. But she doesn't usually do this or she hasn't really until now. And they clearly recorded it yesterday. She clearly has been in New York for a couple of days because everybody that gets mad about talking about Taylor Swift, close your ears for a second. But she was out with Taylor Swift in the group on Tuesday. And I kind of wonder, like, why is she in New York already? I think they recorded it yesterday because she was putting stuff up on Instagram um, about being on set and that kind of a thing
1: it really is i mean for somebody who doesn't do this a lot and you're right i mean i don't know that we've ever seen britney mahomes on a on a talk show in that kind of a setting but for somebody who doesn't do this a lot kelly clarkson is going to be the perfect person to have sitting there asking her the questions not that kelly clarkson lobs softballs but i mean you're not going to go after britney mahomes anyway it just her personality i think will meld very well into that kind of a setting where it's just it's very relaxed i mean that's what that show is all about And I'm with you. I mean, we've both talked before about the fact that I I, I don't know what I expected out of Kelly Clarkson in a talk show setting. She's Mm -hmm. great at it.
3: She's great. I didn't, um, yeah, I don't know what I expected. She's got a really great personality that doesn't always translate translate well into that kind of environment. Again, that's Taylor Tomlinson is the name I can never think of anymore. But that's why I wondered about Taylor Tomlinson's ability to host a show is that being funny doesn't necessarily translate into that. And I'm not watching that yet. I'm giving her time. You don't go to a new restaurant when it first opens. I'm not watching the new show for a while. <laughs> give, give her a chance to to kind of uh, get her groove a little bit. But yeah, um, Kelly Clarkson is a known football fan. I mean, she's from Texas. And, yeah. so, and has talked before about Taylor Swift's uh, relationship with Travis Kelsey taking away from the game a little bit. That's the only controversy I know about Kelly Clarkson, as far as any of this goes, that would, I think it'll just be a fun interview. It'll probably be about the kids. Brittany Mahomes has been talking a little bit more about, um, bronze, the little one, his struggles with allergies and how they went to the ER that time. And that was scary. And Kelly Clarkson's got several kids. And so I could see them kind of bonding over stuff like that, but, um, we'll find out exactly what time it airs here tomorrow. I don't, I have no concept of what time things air in real time anymore so we'll find (laughs) out what time um that that will be on jason kelsey shirtless jason kelsey a cookie now it took him a couple extra days than doing the the mustache from uh andy reid but it yeah it's not as pretty of a cookie
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you don't you don't want a hairy (laughs) chest on your cookie
3: i i don't know why i mean (laughs) it's just it's it is it's him um your bert kreischer analogy is is very accurate it's him with a with a, a lot of midsection and some some little swirls of brown icing on a cookie. <laughs> but brown Somebody icing. had to I mean, do it. It
1: just sounds so appetizing. But, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Andy Reid mustache thing <laughs> because uh, I, got, I got a message, a text message from my old co-host over in St. Louis saying, hey, man, can you get me a couple of those T-shirts because he's got a charity auction he does every year, and he's thinking that that's
3: going to be one of the big items this time around. I can't remember who's doing the cookie. Uh, oh, there it is. I was looking to see who's doing it now. I would imagine several bakeries are going to do it. Um, yeah. oh, oh, let's see. No, I can't find it in here now. Okay. Oh, Eileen's colossal cookies in Liberty. That's why it didn't come to mind. Cause I don't get there to Liberty go. that often. So, um, I kind of like that. This is the thing now that there's some kind of big image out of the game <laughs> that becomes a, a food product.
1: Yeah, the manager Hannah Stumpner of the Ohio Stumpners said, uh, "I have to say this is not my first per- uh, my first shirtless person cookie." Uh, she said, "The weird ones are usually what comes to her." So you know, that, I guess she's done these before. She didn't elucidate though on who the other shirtless cookies were,
3: because there are others. I, I want, but she <laughs> I said it's not her
1: first one. So okay. I, I want to know who else, what other shirtless figures she's
3: put on cookies. Now, it's all I'm and- concerned about. And how different any of them are going to be. (laughs) You know, most kind of look the same a little bit.
1: Well, in the picture, I've got to give her some credit. I mean, that's very identifiable as Jason Kelsey. So
3: well done. Well done. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, We have had this happen again. This time it's Ohio. First responders declare a woman dead. Very much not dead. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ.
2: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
3: all right quick bit of breaking new to news to pass along here out of lenexa um we don't know a ton about it yet but fox 4 just had this that lenexa police Responding to a shooting near West 90th Place and Flum Road. If you don't know where that is, and I didn't, uh, Flum Road is you're you're getting pretty close to. uh, Let's see, that's Santa Fe Trail, so it's a little bit north of 95th Street, and you're between. You're pretty close to I-35 to give you an idea. Um, 90th Place is a little residential street there.
1: Yeah, there's so. a there's a pretty big shopping center, not terribly far, but about three blocks away from there. That's right up the street from my house. Costco and yeah. But yeah, there's, there's yep. a if and if you keep going north uh, about three blocks at 87th right there, there's a uh, there's a high V and a, uh, yep. I think there's a neighborhood Walmart or something like that. And yeah, it's a big shopping center.
3: So, yeah, this is Flum Road between 87th and um, 95th Street So to, and residential neighborhood. Uh, let's see. Let me go back to my story. Fox 4 said they, Lenexa police said the response initially was for a disturbance with someone trying to kick in a front door. Ugh. Police said they have contact with everyone involved and are not looking for any suspects at this time. So Sounds like a domestic. <clears throat> yeah. So, we'll but anytime we hear about something like that, uh, Lenexa gets our attention just a little bit. So we'll follow that and uh, see how that evolves here. Okay, we go to Springfield Township, Ohio for this. And yet again, we have one of these cases where first responders who I don't know why they are declaring someone dead and why that's not an MD or somebody at a hospital, but they did. And this woman was not in fact dead. And now they're on paid administrative leave.
1: Yeah, and they didn't make the declaration themselves. They were actually on the phone or over or over the radio talking with the coroner, trying to get the coroner. And that's what's happened to, before. Right, yeah. exactly, and trying to get the coroner to make a death declaration. And they, they're not real clear on how this happened, but at some point the coroner's office took over for the first responders. So I don't know if they radioed the coroner or the coroner said, okay, I'm gonna I'm not far away. I'm going to go there and check it out myself before I make the death declaration. But somehow the coroner's office came in, took over the scene, And the coroner was the one who noticed that she let out a breath. So put a mask on her, administered Narcan. And according to the article, the the coroner administered Narcan and then she perked up. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, the the good news is that she's apparently going to be fine. It was an overdose. The coroner was right about that. And they took her off to the hospital where she's being treated for whatever the after effects of the overdose were.
3: Uh, Yeah, they believe the patient remains in intensive care. Uh, That was as of a couple of days ago. How does this happen? How do you get from, hey, she's dead to, hey, Narcan worked? Yeah. Um, This was, uh, let's see, 7.30 in the morning on January 2nd. This was in Toledo, Ohio. This is out of Channel 5. Police-worn body camera footage shows crews first dealing with a dog found inside before shifting their focus to the subject of a call. A woman found lying in the bed. So that apparently the dog maybe kept them from getting in Mm -hmm. as they attend to the woman, the crews come to a decision and that's the part we don't know and call a doctor over the radio to get an official death declaration. I mean, did they take a pulse? Did they, did they listen, put their ear over the mouth to see if she was breathing before they said "Ah, dead?
1: I mean, we've joked about the old, you know, the the old trope from Westerns where you take a mirror and put it under their nose, you know, to see if it fogs up. Uh, Maybe we should be equipping first responders with those things, because with as many of these incidents as we've had, usually they don't work out this well. I mean, the first one that I can remember us talking about, it was not an overdose. It was a woman who was in uh, heart crisis, if I remember right. And they declared her dead, found out she wasn't. They got a heartbeat from her and she ended up dying several days later. In this case, that's probably not gonna happen unless this person overdoses again.
3: Right, usually the concern, yeah, most of the cases that we have is that, um, part of the reason it's a topic of discussion is because they die anyway. Yeah. It's a it's a couple of days later, but you just wonder if they had not been deprived of oxygen or life-saving measures for the whatever time, hours or whatever it took between when they were declared dead and they were given oxygen or whatever they needed, would they still be alive? In this case, it was drug overdose and Narcan worked.
1: Yeah, you think about it in terms of what we were just talking about with the execution a little while ago. Brain damage occurs. So if she was not breathing regularly, which you have to assume she wasn't, that her breathing was very sporadic, that she was probably on her way to dying. So the longer that her breath is abnormal, abnormally low, and she's undergoing that very slow hypoxia, then The longer they go without those life-saving measures, without Narcan and without administering oxygen to her, which apparently the paramedics didn't,
3: then the more brain damage she could conceivably have because they didn't act. Yeah, um, here's, and we'll get to your calls here in a second if you want. And here's the part of this that I'm, where I give no grace here, is that the call was about a reported overdose. Even I know, most of us know, that administering Narcan won't hurt a person, even if they're not having an overdose. So why is your default not, hey, this is an overdose call, she's lying in the bed, let's administer Narcan.
1: And just see what happens, see if there's any response at all. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, they said the situation is under investigation. I would not be surprised at (laughs) all. Yeah, really, (laughs) because (laughs) at that point, the city or whoever it is that runs the paramedics, uh, it's mostly the city in most places, uh, they could conceivably be on the hook for this. So if their paramedics didn't act the way they were supposed to, somebody's getting sued. And it would not
3: surprise me at all to see them lose their jobs over this. They noted several other signs that she was living besides the breath, her abdomen was warm and her legs and feet were flexible. Yeah, somebody needs some, some serious training here. And this is Toledo, Ohio. This is not small. I mean, it's Springfield Township, but it's Toledo, Ohio. This is a pretty big department.
1: Right. So you'd figure that the training would be at least decent in a place like that. And unfortunately, not so much. Let's go to the phones. Ashley's in Parkville and has something to say about all of this. Hey, Ashley, welcome in.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for stealing my thunder, Jamie. Sorry. It's okay. I've been known to do that who's been out there in the drug world, I don't understand why your first inclination is not to administer Narcan. That is what's blowing my mind in this case. Any of my friends that I had at the time, and I just lost one at the beginning of December, I wish that somebody would have thought and been able to save her through Narcan. It's such a, I hate to say great drug, but it is, you know, just because we're addicts doesn't mean we deserve to die. Right. And I don't, but I do think first responders are the ones who make the death call on like car accidents and stuff like that. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is them not administering Narcan right away.
1: I know this is a weird analogy to make, but I'm thinking about, like, when there's bad clock management at the end of a half at a football game, and we're looking at two timeouts on the board going, what are you, saving them? You know, <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I'm looking at this the same way, going, okay, you didn't administer Narcan. What are you, saving it for the next guy? You hoarding it? What's going on?
0: Yeah, just administer that Narcan. I mean, even if, like, somebody like me, I've been in recovery from cocaine for 19 years almost. If I were to have a situation where somebody thinks I'm overdosing, it's not going to hurt you. Yep, we right. not administer it, I would rather err on the side of caution and maybe somebody can get out of that life.
1: Yeah, definitely. And well, I then- really would rather have paramedics who are pretty sure what a dead person looks like. You know, Ashley, thanks very much for the call.
3: Narcan also expires. I mean, you can't just hold on to it forever. Right. At some point, it's, it's not usable. Right. Well, and, and it can't cost very much, right? Because no. we give it away. We yeah. have, I don't know how
1: many places here in town where you can go pick up Narcan for free. So it's
3: not like it's gold and we need to hang on to it for as long as we can. I, yeah, there's a lot of this we don't know. Um, thank goodness the coroner responded to the scene. Normally what would happen is they declare her dead and they'd take her away. I don't Over know if the Over the corner- radio, Yeah, yeah. Um, luckily, the coroner responded and said, Hey, wait a minute. Here's what I don't understand about this, too, is what's the hurry to declare her dead or declare someone? D- why does that have to happen via the radio? Why, you know, why do paramedics call into the emergency room and say, Hey, I think she's dead. Can we did it, get a declaration? What's the rush?
1: I'm I, i th- I'm trying to remember now I th- uh, because I think this has come up before in some of the other situations that we've talked about. And it has to do, I think, and, and text line or call in or whatever, 913-586-7798. I think it has to do with where they transport them. Because okay. if it's somebody who's still alive, and this may have happened. Again, the article is not real clear about the sequence of events. If it's somebody who's still alive, obviously you take them off to the hospital. If you have a death declaration, you just take them straight to the coroner, which may be where the coroner's office took over here. Again, they don't say terrible detail in the article, but that may have been it, that they they got the declaration over the radio and took the woman off to the coroner's office, dropped her off. And that's when the coroner went, wait, this is a this is an alive person. I'm not supposed to work on these.
3: 913-586-7798. We can go back to the phones here. Dennis is next up at 11 worth. Hey, Dennis.
4: Yes. Did they say if the unit that responded was an ALS unit or a BLS unit? They did not. Uh, most BLS units do not carry Narcan. That would be the deciding factor if they could give Narcan or not. What ALS is, truck, what does which that is stand advanced for? cardiac life support, okay. and one is basic life support. That would be the deciding factor if they had Narcan on the truck or not. And some oh. services run BLS. And are only BLS, and some services are advanced cardiac life support, which carry the defibrillators and all the drugs. And the vital signs that you were saying over the air indicated to me that it was a BLS unit, not an ALS unit.
1: Why would BLS not have
4: Narcan?
3: That's ridiculous. I carry Narcan.
4: I mean— But that's—you um, have a medical director, and he decides what you are allowed and not allowed to carry—
1: i am sure you're right I, that's but it was an
3: overdose stuff. call yeah again that's where i'm tripping up a little bit that, is that it was an overdose call
4: that's the met that is the medical director's call on what you're allowed to use
3: i i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying if it's an overdose call why not make sure paramedics responding to the scene would have what they need to respond to an overdose
4: right Be- because it, it some counties do not have ALS services. Some only have BLS services. It's okay. Without knowing what they have in that particular county, you it's undetermined what services are de- provided there. Some okay. services out in rural Kansas only have BLS trucks.
1: All right, okay, hey, Dennis. Thank you. Thanks for the information, but but that doesn't explain why that would be. I mean, why would serious you have... flaw in the system then? Yeah, why would you have any paramedic truck or, or ambulance or whatever that doesn't have Narcan, especially now? I mean, the idea that you would have any medical first responder anywhere that didn't have Narcan when we trust ourselves with it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We know how to administer it. We know at least enough that we could save somebody else's life. And like I said, we give the stuff away for free. Why would you have an ambulance that didn't have the most basic life support? And like you said, Jamie, they were responding to an OD call.
3: Don't yeah, come send the OD other unit without,
1: then. Yeah, don't, don't respond to an OD call without the tools to help an overdose.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of multiple people are going to be fired here. This, yeah. this is going to be a monster lawsuit. and Because, again, luckily, I mean, she's in intensive care. I mean, she's not out of the woods yet. She's still. Right. Now, that was probably from the overdose, and it sounds like, well, I don't know. We just don't know what would have happened if. What would have happened if they had given her Narcan earlier than they did? Right, and a big change in policy is probably coming as well. 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments next on KNBC. All right, we're talking about the story out of Springfield Township, Ohio. This is technically Toledo. And you had first responders that were called out on an overdose call. This is at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, First, they encounter a dog that they have to deal with when they get in. Then they find the woman that they were called about laying in a bed. And it just says, and I wish we had more detail, it says, as they attend to the woman, the crews come to a decision and call a doctor over the radio to get an official death declaration. When the coroner's office was called in to take over and go to the scene, the chief investigator discovered the woman was still alive. She let out a breath, had several other signs, like her abdomen was warm and her legs and feet were flexible. He gave the woman Narcan, and she perked up. And she's in intensive care now.
1: Yeah, taken off to the hospital so what went on here and if our previous caller was right although there were several people on the text line who were saying that information about bls ambulances was not right that they do carry narcan i don't know who's right on that but if the previous caller was right and they don't carry narcan how on earth did anybody make that decision especially again when we have people dying from this every single day we'll go to uh, go back to the phones and go to josh in the northland hey josh
5: Hey guys, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Scott. My BS meter is going off on this one. There there's information that we're not getting, or um, they they've altered the information trying to protect themselves. So a few points. Uh, so yeah, they called a doctor, which I've never heard of a doctor or a coroner going out on site somewhere. Like I thought paramedics, you know, they can't declare time of death so aren't they supposed to like their main job is to uh, proceed with life-saving measures in transport to a doctor or a hospital or a facility where they could and it let's say the ALS BLS let's say that's true if they didn't have narcan if they weren't equipped for responding to that call Then the priority of let's get them to a hospital or a facility, I mean, that'd be the main priority there, one way or another. Now, with the Narcan, with sheep perked up, I've seen videos of it. I'm sure you guys have too. Like, they they get shot with Narcan and they, like, pop right up and they're there. Like, they're normal automatically. But it's just the whole thing smells fishy to me.
1: I agree. And the only thing that we've been told before is that that's not infrequent. As far as the death declaration, when the paramedics get there, if they show up on scene and see a person that they check out and believe is dead, that they can't make the declaration themselves. So they'll radio the coroner and say, this is what we're observing. And then the coroner can make the call and declare death at that point. And as I said before, we don't know that the coroner showed up on the scene or whether the body was brought to the coroner's office by the paramedics. They, they didn't really make that clear. But all we know is that once the body got to the coroner, that's when they figured it out. You're right, though. I mean, there's there's a lot of information in this that we just don't know.
5: Yeah, yeah. you guys have a good one. Appreciate
1: it, Josh. Thanks, Thanks. a lot
3: for the call. Um, The other thing about this is that it just seems like there are different policies in place for different departments and different municipalities about who can declare death and how, it's so bizarre to me that you can just get the okay over the phone. Yeah. that That's just so wild to me that you wouldn't, I know what you're saying about like where you take them, rush them to the hospital and let the doctor do one last in-person touch the body evaluation before you make that call.
1: I, I would agree, I, I, I don't mind that policy at all going into place, but I guess, the, the thought is that you're supposed to have paramedics who are trained well enough to for the coroner to be able to take their word for it. We observe, right. we check for heart, we check for breathing, we check for all of this. We're getting nothing. We believe that she's dead. And then the coroner can say, okay, well, you guys are trained professionals. You should know what you're doing. I'll take your word for it. Maybe that maybe that's another policy that needs to change. But, I mean, Narcan is just so basic. <laughs> you know I mean? It, it, it's maddening to me that you would have medical professionals out there without access to Narcan.
3: There are just so many grants. That's why I have it. Because yeah. the little 45-minute course that I took, they got grant money to give out. That's why, like you said, the health department has it if you want to go and get it. Yep. So uh, placed on paid administrative leave. We'll see how this one pans out. All right, coming up, we return to a story every time we do this. I just get incensed about this. It's the what What happens if you can't pay for your school lunch debate returns. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ.
1: Now with the
2: MLB app, you can get baseball your way.